Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. WXME AM 780, Monticello, Holton, Presque Isle. Good morning, Aroostook County. This is the Aroostook Watching Radio Show. This is Jack McCarthy, your host, coming to you live on the Constitutional Radio Network, the conscience of Maine, on Superstation WXME out of Monticello on 780 AM, and around the state on our microtransmitter network. We are on 88.1 in Westbrook and the Back Bay of Portland, 96.5 in Bangor and Brewer, 1700 AM in Lewiston. We're going to do kind of a different show today just because just because um i think i finally have my player working well one of my kids helped me with that uh over the weekend and that seems to be working so we're going to try that just going to do a couple of announcements there's a lot going on today uh our producer rob roy is headed for augusta to hear the uh, presentation on convention of states by deborah stevenson and so you are welcome to attend that. It will be at 1, uh, is it 1 or 1.30? 1.30 in the Hall of Flags in the Capitol Building. And uh, she will give us the information that she has, and uh, I'm sure it will be very, uh, very appropriate information on the uh, downside, the negative aspect of the Convention of States project, the Article 5 Convention, or CONCON, whatever you want to call it. Not that it isn't a constitutional process, not that it wasn't put in there as the kind of the nuclear option to fix things that aren't getting fixed, but it was put in there with the understanding that it would be done by a moral and righteous people with with states that were operating constitutionally because it's a convention of states. How can, how can an unconstitutional state direct an unconstitutional federal government into a constitutional status? You see, it doesn't work. So at some point, maybe it will. So that's what we're doing. The We the People of Maine.org, the Constitution Coalition, uh, Paint Maine Red, Maine Patriots, everybody that is working with these groups, their primary goal is to restore the republic, restore the constitutional process. When we do that, when we have a constitutional state, then and only then will the Convention of States uh, concept, the Article 5 Convention, possibly have a chance of success without destroying the last vestiges of what was our free um, society. So anyway, 
That's today. One thirty. Uh, two thirty, three o'clock here. One thirty to three in the in the Hall of Flags in Augusta. Uh, Deborah Stevenson will be speaking on Convention of States projects. Um, what else on the rest of the week? That would be Wednesday through Saturday. Hal Shirtliff will be doing the same thing uh, throughout the state, uh, speaking, uh, addressing the Convention of States project and uh, other issues. Uh, um, Matt, not Matt Shea, Hal Shirtliff is um, the regional director for the John Birch Society of New England, and he will be in um, St. Agat Wednesday night, in Holton Thursday night, in where else is he going to be? Uh, Saturday morning, he will be at the um, Caribou and Convention Center. And he will be probably speaking to the Aroostook County Republican Committee. Well, that should be interesting. So those are some of the things that are going on. On the 26th, uh, it appears as though we still have an appointment with the Maine Supreme Judicial Court to answer the questions of the LePage administration to the court. And the Attorney General is trying to make that not happen. So I guess we'll see how that goes. At this point, actually, I thought they would have, I thought they would have canceled the whole thing somehow in their their little wonderful process. They can do whatever they want, even though there's a there's a set of rules that need to be followed. So I guess we'll find out. Uh, and if that continues, if it doesn't get canceled, uh, we the people of Maine Inc. will be addressing the Maine Supreme Judicial Court on the constitutional process that should be going on to restore the balance of power in Augusta. Okay, let's see. What else is going on? I think that's it for now. Um, hopefully we're, we're going out properly on the air and on the Internet and all those things. We, I never have any way of telling if it's working or not unless I get some feedback directly from the folks either in the chat room or from uh, on air. So our producer is in the car and headed for Augusta, so he can't tell me. And we'll see what, we'll just see how it goes. We're going to go with this. this we're going to play a montage of stuff and see how it goes this morning. Uh, you can listen and participate by joining us on TalkShoe.com, T-A-L-K-S-H-O-E, TalkShoe.com. And uh, look for Rustic Watchman or use the code number 52956. Brings you right into it. And you can uh, you can share stuff in the in the chat room, you can listen, and if you're so inclined, you can you can come on and join the conversation. And anyway, whatever you like, that's that's what it is. That's where it is. Give it a try. Okay, this first clip is uh, pretty um, from the for what it's worth department. Basically, it's U.S. former. CIA contractor, uh, what the heck is his name? Uh, da, 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 da. I lost it. I had it right in front of me. Uh, you'll hear it. Anyway, this former CIA contractor says that uh, ISIS, ISIL, IS, whatever they are, are purely manufactured. Hmm. From the Fort Worth Department, here goes. With respect to the issue of the United States taking military action against 
ISIS or ISIL or IL, whatever they are calling this organization right now, my response to the people that have been asking me about this is that if you want to get to the root of the problem and remove this organization, the first thing they need to do is remove the funding and take care of the entities responsible for the creation of this group. And that would bring the uh, the forces here at home because clearly this is entirely a farce. This is a completely fabricated enemy. The funding is uh, completely from the United States and its allies. And uh, for people to think that uh, this enemy is uh, something that needs to be attacked in Syria or, or Iraq is, is, uh, is a farce because obviously this is something that we created, that we control, and only now it has become convenient for us to attack this group as a legitimate enemy. And clearly when they say that they don't need permission to go into Syria and attack that country, one can only imagine how long it will be before they are dropping bombs on the, the home of uh, Bashar Assad. So I think that uh, this is uh, a complete farce, and I think that the American public, I, I would like to believe that uh, they are not completely ignorant of, of the source of this, but uh, obviously these tactics that they are using uh, with the uh, executions, the videotaped executions or alleged executions, are designed to create massive amounts of fear and and uh, cause a response here at home or a knee-jerk reaction, if you will, to authorize more spending and more bloodshed and, and more warfare. But uh, again, this is it, this is uh, it, not to change the subject, but this is almost like Ebola which everyone is also getting upset about. And we know that this has been patented by the U.S. government, and this is just another terror weapon. So I believe that uh, this ISIS group would probably go away and would be easily defeated by uh, the armies of Bashar Assad, perhaps, if uh, they were left alone to their, their, own, uh, their own ways and their own sources of funding. I... I, I am very disappointed that so many people think that this is an attractive group to join, but uh, I suspect that there are people who are disillusioned with the current power structure of the world, and they think that this may be a, an effective way of making big changes in the world. But ultimately, I believe that this terror organization is a complete fabrication and uh, that the, the true source of the problem is probably ultimately going to rest within our own government or perhaps even uh, banking cabals and rough, Rothschilds and, and the, uh, the usual source of big changes in the world. But ultimately, I believe that this terror organization is a complete fabrication and uh, that the, the true source of the problem is probably ultimately going to rest within our own government or perhaps even uh, banking cabals and rough Rothschilds and, and the, uh, the usual. Those are some uh, interesting thoughts from a gentleman who is a former CIA contractor. Uh, well, gee, what a surprise. Not even going to comment on it. But 
what good is it going to do? We have people like this who are in charge. Get a load of this. Get a load of this short clip. Listen. I'll play it a couple times. Listen real careful to this. And uh, and Neil Smith, an old butt buddy. Are you here, Neil? Neil, I miss you, man. I miss you. And uh, and Neil Smith, an old butt buddy. Are you here, Neil? Neil, I miss you, man. What is that? That old butt buddy? This what? This is the vice president of the United States. This is how he addresses a group. This an old butt buddy. And uh, and Neil Smith, an old butt buddy. Are you here, Neil? Neil, I miss you, man. I miss you. And uh, and Neil Smith, an old butt buddy. Are you here, Neil? Neil, I miss you, man. Oh yeah, I miss him too. Sure. Wow. And then we have this. This is a, this is from Flash from the Past. This is another administration person. Back in 1995, this is what he had to say. Working pretty well, isn't it? We want to have, as part of the gun initiative, though, an informational campaign to really change the hearts and minds of people in Washington, D.C., and in particular, our young people. They are saturated uh, in the media and in entertainment or by the entertainment industry with violence. And I think too many of our um, young people, in particular our young men, are fascinated with violence and in particular fascinated with guns. And what we need to do is change the way in which people think about guns, especially young people, and make it something that's not cool, that it's not acceptable, it's not hip uh, to carry a gun anymore. Uh, in the way in which we've changed our attitudes about cigarettes, you know, when I was growing up, people smoked all the time. I mean, both my, my parents did. But over time, we changed the way in which people thought about smoking. And so now we have people who power outside uh, of buildings and kind of smoke in private and don't want to admit it. Um, and that's what I think we need to do with guns, really change the way in which people think about, that, think about guns. Now, this is not going to be something that's very easy to do uh, because we are, quite frankly, fighting something that appears you know, every day on, on television, on the radio, in our popular music, uh, in movies that these kids are exposed to. It will be an effort that will entail uh, things that I'm really not familiar with. Uh, I think I'm a pretty good lawyer, but I, we need to get really innovative, creative things that are going to grab the attention of these kids uh, and change, as I said, the way in which they think about guns. And so what I've asked is that the creative community in Washington, those ad agencies that create these snappy ads and make me buy things that I don't really need, um, devote that talent in a more constructive way so we can get at the minds uh, of these young people. This informational campaign, I've also called on the newspapers and the television stations to devote to us uh, time and space so that we can get these ads, so we can use these spots and not to give us one, two o'clock in the morning uh, ads when nobody's watching, but at the time when people, particularly young people, are watching television, so that when they're watching, you know, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air or, or Martin or whatever else they watch, and yeah, I watch those things once in a while, um, so that they'll see these ads and they'll be grabbed by these ads. I've also asked people who have influence over youngsters, uh, entertainers, uh, athletes, to be involved in this program as well, but not only them, community leaders. Uh, Jesse Jackson, Mayor Barry, people who have credibility with young people should be on the television, on the radio, uh, as much as we possibly can, and telling Well, <laughs> Mayor Barry, right, 
we're going to get Jesse Jackson and Mayor Barry. Uh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. He's a little bit busy with the, uh, with the nose candy. Oh, these youngsters that it's wrong to carry a gun and that if you have information about people who are carrying guns, people should be on the television, on the radio, uh, as much as we possibly can, and telling these youngsters that it's wrong to carry a gun and that if you have information about people who are carrying guns, you've got to share that with Chief Thomas and with his people as well. Uh, I've also asked the school board to make a part of every day some kind of anti-violence, anti-gun message. Every day, every school, at every level. Share that with Chief Thomas and with his people as well. Uh, I've also asked the school board to make a part of every day some kind of anti-violence, anti-gun message. Every day, every school. Uh, I've also asked the school board to make a part of every day some kind of anti-violence, anti-gun message. Every day, every school, at every level. One thing that I think is clear with young people and with adults as well is that we just have to be repetitive about this. It's not enough to simply have a, a catchy ad on a Monday and then only do it every Monday. We need to do this every day of the week and just really brainwash people into thinking about guns in a vastly different way every Monday. We need to do this every day of the week and just really brainwash people into thinking about guns in a vastly different way. Have a, a catchy ad on a Monday and then only do it every Monday. We need to do this every day of the week and just really brainwash people into thinking about guns in a vastly different way. We also want to uh, have a hotline that we will set up and have the number of that hotline that you just go out there and that would be something that people would have emblazoned in their minds so that when they see a gun or become familiar about the facts of a gun crime, they would call that hotline and pay day of the week and just really brainwash people into thinking about guns in a vastly different way. We also want to uh, have a hotline that we will set up and have the number of that hotline that you just go out there, and that would be something that people would have emblazoned in their minds so that when they see a gun or become familiar about the facts of a gun crime, they would call that hotline and pass that information on. I want to have yep. Call it. It's anonymous. No crime. No injured party. No injured party. We're just going to have... A bunch of people out there turning people in anonymously. Really? And then we have finally a good a good thing to say, a good comment here. This is uh Representative Matt Shea. I got a chance to talk to uh Matt a couple of times and um uh, we've had a couple of conversations, one of which was down at the Freedom Action Conference in Philadelphia a couple of years ago. That was great. Our next speaker is Representative Matt Shea, and he also has a statement from another representative that he's going to be giving to us uh, now. Uh, I tell you, it's really heartening to me to know that we have these good people in this legislature. It's not all them. So I'm just going to hand it over to Matt. First thing I want to do is ask how many of you are veterans here. Raise your hand. Uh, let's thank him for the service. I want to also thank the Washington State Patrol for their service. And I want to thank not only the three gentlemen that were standing in the back here, but the 48 and the 12 cruisers sitting behind the Supreme Court building. <laughs> <laughs> observation folks sitting on these sides of the building. Well, 
Constitution of the United States. That's your enemy. I want to read a brief statement from Graham Hunt of the 2nd District. He couldn't be here today, but he wanted me to read a statement from him. And I really appreciate his patriotism and also his service as a veteran. Fellow patriots, those of us who love the Second Amendment, need to stand up against unconstitutional laws that infringe or impair upon rights explicitly laid out in the government, which is why I'm so glad you're here today at the Capitol. I regret that I can't be with you in person, but I am certainly with you in spirit and have attended every rally previous to today's gathering. I want you to know, all of you, that I just introduced a bill to repeal I-594 and send it back to the... I-594 was presented by the anti-gun forces as merely a background check bill, and that could not be further from the truth. There have been dozens upon dozens of cases brought forward by the business community where law-abiding citizens have been turned into criminals because of the language of this new law. This includes tactical gear manufacturers, museum employees who handle guns, armored truck guards, veterans who want to do honor guards at funerals, and more. Let me be clear that there is a real war being waged in our state and our nation in an attempt to strip us of our rights in our Second Amendment and Article 1, Section 24 of the State Constitution. But these are literally only one of the battles being waged in this war. This flawed law, I would say unconstitutional law, yeah. has been placed substantially as a burden on all of the hardworking individuals and businesses in Washington State. One might reasonably presume no such burdens are felt by criminals using illegally purchased or possessed firearms. It's a shame that there are so many efforts underway in this country to penalize people who have done absolutely nothing wrong and just want to live their lives without interference or overreach from their government. As a combat veteran who has served in both Iraq and Afghanistan, and now as one of your state representatives, I am committed to the oath I took back when I enlisted in the armed forces to do everything I can to protect this nation, uphold the Constitution, and ensure our rights are not stripped away by those who wish to do us harm. And I thank you for being here today. While we all come from various walks of life, we stand together because the, con because the Constitution unites us. This battle is far from over. Before I start, our hope is not in man, our hope is ultimately in Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. It is great to be with you, God-fearing, self-reliant, gun-toting, freedom-loving Americans today, though. Thank you, God, for stopping the rain. Yes. That's why we're here today, because all political power is inherent in we, the people, and the final check and balance in our system is a well-armed citizenry. Before I start, our hope is not in man, our hope is ultimately in Jesus Christ. Amen? Yeah. 
It is great to be with you, God fearing, self reliant, gun toting, freedom loving Americans today, though. It's not cold weather. Thank you, God, for stopping the rain. Yes. That's why we're here today. Because all political power is inherent in we, the people, and the final check and balance in our system is a well armed citizenry. Now, before we go in these doors today, I want to say a few words. We're here today because America is at the breaking point. We're tired of the many forms of tyranny that have reduced us ultimately as citizens, as servants of a despotic government where we live paycheck to paycheck with almost no ability to fight back against the seizure of our properties by agency rule, by the indoctrination of our children, or even their attempt to take our arms. I've had enough. Have you had enough? Oh, yeah. And we stand in defiance of tyranny because an unconstitutional law is no law at all. That's right. And I am tired of the hypocrites in the media. Amen. The hypocrites in the media. Not all of them, but most of them. Who turn a blind eye to sanctuary cities and the ignorance of our laws where we have a due and a right to demand of our national government to secure our borders, and yet they ignore those laws. But when a constitutional right is infringed, they say we're the ones that are extreme. I say they are because they're not reporting it. I say they're subverting our constitution. Damn right. For all of America, because it's not just to all of us, right? To all of America, I want to make plain our grievances and ask all of America to judge the truth of our claims. First, the government is militarizing police and SWAT teams. Second, they are stockpiling ammunition while attempting to limit our right to purchase the same. Third, they are distributing driver's license and license plate readers meant to track law-abiding citizens. Fourth, they are tracking cell phones with stingray devices and turning them into roving listening devices. Fifth, they are creating longitudinal databases to track citizens from birth to death. Sixth, they are carrying out military drills and lockdowns in American cities. Seventh, they are tracking innocent people via facial recognition and creating databases of suspect citizens without trial. Eight, they are establishing checkpoints to search law-abiding citizens without cause. Ninth, they have suspended the red habeas corpus in a time of peace with the NDAA indefinite detention provision. Tenth, they are using drones to spy on citizens and map their property. Eleven, they are creating fusion centers and linkage charts to track patriots and Americans based solely on what they believe and not any alleged criminal activity. Twelve, they are establishing networks of surveillance cameras to spy on Americans without probable cause. Thirteen, 
They are establishing First Amendment zones to limit our right to free speech. I asked the media here today, how would you like it if we create a First Amendment zone for you down below here? You would be outraged. Why weren't you outraged at Bundy Ranch when they did the same thing? Why? seizing private property through regulation and rules without any due process. Fifteen, failing to secure our borders. Sixteen, allowing the establishment of Sharia law in parts of our country. Seventeen, tacitly endorsing and enabling the purchase of armored vehicles to patrol our streets in a time of peace. Eighteen, taxing the fruits of our labor and raising taxes in a fee with midnight votes, and here in Washington, doing so, doing so, ignoring the will of the people to have a two-thirds requirement to limit government power. Nineteenth, threatening arrest for armed but peaceable assembly for simply wanting to petition for a redress of our grievances. Like this? Twenty. Yes, like this. <laughs> Allowing judges to write law and violate the separation of powers through convoluted and contorted reasoning, ignoring the clear wording and historical intent of our constitutions, Washington and National. 21, in petition for redress of our grievances. Like this? 20. Yes, like this. <laughs> Allowing judges to write law and violate the separation of powers through convoluted and contorted reasoning, ignoring the clear wording and historical intent of our constitutions, Washington and National. 21. Allowing the killing of innocent Americans without trial in the womb. 22. Spending more than the government takes in and saddling our children and grandchildren with unpayable debt. 23. Denying the people the ability to view the proceedings of their legislature because they exercise a constitutional right not otherwise disruptive to the proceedings. 24. Allowing the federal government to illegally lay claim to the whole to perpetuity lands belonging to the people of the state of Washington. 25th, and finally, attempting to disarm the American people through regulations so numerous that it turns law-abiding citizens into criminals. If you listen to all of that, every single one of those is what our Constitution was meant to prevent, and yet we're here today because it's being violated. unites us. Those that oppose the Constitution, those that ignore the Constitution, those that seek to erase through interpretation the Constitution are the ones that are dividing us. And that is my message to some of those folks that are uncomfortable with people that are carrying arms into the Capitol lawfully and safely and maintaining muscle control. Don't be uncomfortable that we're exercising constitutional right. You should ask yourself, how do I become comfortable exercising that constitutional right? John Hancock said that the 
role of government was to protect our life, our liberty, our property, and the ability to defend the same. They actually had a Boston Declaration of Independence before they had a Declaration of Independence. I don't know if you knew that or not. But it can be summed up this way. Power is given by the people to the government to protect freedom and liberty, not take it. We give them power to protect freedom and liberty, not take it. And in a republic, unalienable rights cannot be taken away by a majority vote or even one speaker. God gave us those rights. Yeah. I want to say something, though. Some people say it's a conspiracy theory that people want to disarm law-abiding citizens. And yet there was a Seattle Times editorial by Jerry Large that said exactly that. It said that in a major newspaper in this state. So yes, the liberal elitists do in fact want to take our guns. And they want to continue their policy of letting the bad guys off and punishing law-abiding citizens. But this goes way back in history. In the Heller decision, the Supreme Court of the United States recognized that every time there was an attempt to disarm citizens, it was to turn them into slaves, and it cited English history, where Protestants disarmed Catholics, and then Catholics turned around and disarmed Protestants, and in every case, it ended up in slaughter. Every time in history it has. That is historical fact. Why won't the media report that? I challenge you to report that today. I also want to say that Article 1, Section 24 is very clear. It's very clear. The right to keep and bear arms in Washington State shall not be impaired. The people that ran I-594 admitted they were trying to impair our right to bear arms. Therefore, it is clearly unconstitutional. Clearly. There is no exception. I-594 is an impairment. I do want to say a couple things, too, and, and quote some things. Hopefully the media will quote these, too. Because one of them is Martin Luther King Jr. and the other is Mahatma Gandhi. But first I want to say there's a basic principle. Affordable self-defense is a basic necessity like food and water. It is a basic necessity like food and water. So let's read a couple of quotes here. First, the right to defend one's home and one's person when attacked has been guaranteed throughout the ages by common law. Martin Luther King Jr., page 55, if you're tracking it. Where do we go from here? Chaos or community, 1967. Then next, among the misdeeds of the British rule in India, history will look upon the act of depriving a whole nation of arms as the blackest. If we want the Arms Act to be repealed, if we want to learn the use of arms, listen to that. We want to learn the use of arms. Here is a golden opportunity. Mahanis Gandhi, page 430, Autobiography, The Story of My Experiments with Truth. Why don't you guys report that truth, please? The present. Just from the For What It's Worth Department in Maine, the current. Constitutional carry bill is LR280. LR280. Uh, folks need to be calling their uh, their senators and representatives throughout the state and tell them they want that to pass. We need to have that go. It was close last time, but uh, we need to make it happen. So guns ensures peace. And when we go into the Capitol today, 
We go in peaceably assembling to petition for a redress of our grievances. Protecting the right to keep and bear arms from any impairment is the civil rights movement of our time. Yes. Yeah. Why don't we instead disarm our bureaucrats? I think that would end up a lot better. What American listening today needs to make a choice? Will you be a loyalist or will you be a patriot? Will you be a God-fearing, self-reliant, freedom-loving American or a government-dependent, constitution-ignoring, slavery-loving socialist? That's the choice we have before us. I don't think that is hyperbole. It is that stark. We either stand now or we fight later. Be bold and courageous in your faith. Be bold and courageous in your defense of the Constitution. Be bold and courageous as Americans. The world is looking to us for leadership, not Barack Obama, not John Boehner. They're looking to us for leadership. Will you stand today? Will you submit or will you resist? So we will not obey, we will not comply, and we will not disarm, and that is the legacy we are going to leave to our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren. And I say this last thing, as we get ready to enter this building today, we go in there to make freedom happen, so that our children and our grandchildren can live in peace and prosperity and freedom, and we can honor and praise God by our actions and by keeping America free. God bless you guys. Let's go in and see if they've locked the people's house up in the gallery. Amen? Quite the speech by our friend Matt Shea. And the next clip is a little bit on the socialism that uh, Matt was just talking about from CEO of JBS, Art Thompson. Well, welcome back again this week. We see an uneasy truce has been arrived at uh, vis-a-vis the Ukraine. In fact, the headline in this morning's Wall Street Journal says, Doubt Clouds Ukraine Truce. Well, it should. Because we know that those of us who've watched this over the years, that truces and treaties and agreements made uh, between and with uh, communist countries And that's really what we're talking about here. Rarely work, because usually these things are arrived at by the communists to give them some time to retrench. And that's really probably what's going to happen. Uh, Is there, and in addition to that, what they're basically saying is, uh, you can keep what you've got already, just don't take any more. So it justifies what they've already done. Uh, that's sort of like saying it to a child that's got its hand in the uh, cookie jar. Uh, okay, I caught you. You can have the cookie you got in your hand, but don't take any more. Well, if that process keeps up, and that's what seems to be going on, they just keep taking more because there's no punishment. There's no responsibility, and they're liars. The communists are, are dishonest. They only have one goal, and that is victory. And whatever they can do to achieve that victory, however immoral, unethical, 
uh, that would, uh, you know, they could pull the wool over people's eyes, they will do it. That's the way they operate. And so the idea that we're going to have a truce that's going to last in the Ukraine, I'm not putting my money on it. Uh, whether it's going to go into a war, I don't think that's going to happen full scale uh, that will involve everybody. Again, it's going to be moving towards a new world order situation. Uh, one of the things that, that enters into this whole idea of communists not keeping their word and certain countries not keeping their word, whether they're communist or not, they're totalitarian, is the issue on free trade. Uh, there's an awful lot going on on the Hill in Washington, D.C., promoting fast-track authority and free trade. Uh, and the thing is that you've got to step back and ask yourself, do these people honor their agreements? Uh, China has never honored its agreements. Uh, behind the scenes, and there's a lot of documentation for this, is that every time China gets a deal, they take it out to the nth degree, if you will, and violate the spirit and nature of that agreement. Now, when they joined the WTO, the World Trade Organization, for instance, is when they started to flood this country with all sorts of, of cheap and even dangerous goods, uh, poisonous goods, killing animals and uh, in, in, in dog and cat food, uh, being unsafe uh, relative to toys for our children uh, with lead paint and, and all sorts of things like that. Uh, the pirating of intellectual property, the pirating of, of uh, just reverse engineering products and then flooding them on the market, pretending as if they're actually made in the United States. That has actually killed people. Uh, that's true in the oil fields, for instance, and, and places like that. Communists do not live up to the spirit of any agreement, let alone the letter of, of any agreement. That's their nature. And so the idea that we're going to have free trade with communist and socialist countries is rather ludicrous from a practical side of it. And then ask yourself the question, if communists and, and socialists do not believe in free enterprise, why are we calling trade with them free trade? In the sense that you and I think of free trade. They do not. They do not believe in free enterprise and free trade. It's all managed. And from their viewpoint, managed by them to their advantage and to the detriment of the American people. That's just from the trade aspect of these things. We could discuss how they're building a political union, uh, and how they intend to really come in and change our whole society through these trade agreements. But just on the surface of it, think for a moment of the fact they do not believe in free enterprise, so why call these things free trade? Another thing that they do too, by the way, is that they claim to be against the bourgeoisie. Now, our own government is moving us towards socialism, is it not? I've asked that question to many, many thousands of people. I've never had anyone say, no, our government is not moving us towards socialism. It's universal agreement. If that's the case, then why are we engaged in free trade? 
because it doesn't work that way. If they're moving us domestically towards socialism, they are moving us uh, in our foreign policy towards socialism. It's the same people doing the same thing. They have the same policy, they just put different labels on it. And one of the labels that they've been using lately, which is totally in error, but people fall for it, is middle class. Somehow we're helping the middle class. You get that in all of Obama's speeches constantly. And the Republicans, we've got to help the middle class. What does the middle class mean? Most people have never looked at what it means. It is basically, the, it comes from originally the French meaning of middle class, bourgeoisie. And if you read all of Marx and Engels and all of the socialists, what is the class they want to eliminate? It is the bourgeoisie, the middle class. And yet we're told that their socialist policies are going to help the middle class because they've defined it a little bit differently than they normally do. And that is the middle class is anyone who sits in the middle of the strata of wages, but not necessarily part of the middle class. They may have a middle wage, but not be part of the middle class. What is the bourgeoisie? What is the middle class? And that is the class of entrepreneurs, the individuals with small and medium businesses who set about inventing new services, uh, new products, and that sort of thing uh, to be made available to the people and go into business to do so. That is the middle class, and that's the class they want to get rid of. They don't want to get rid of the upper class, and they don't want to get rid of the lower class if you read their writings well, their theoretical writings. What's in their newspapers and that sort of thing is for the rabble. The theoretical aspect is what they want to establish in the long run, and that's to get rid of this middle base of, of thinkers and independent inventors and, and industrialists, et cetera, et cetera, that open up a society to blossoming into what we see today in the United States. But it is deteriorating rapidly because we are destroying our middle class and our uh, industrial base through these trade treaties and the trade policy of our federal government. It has reached such a point where today we are in danger of being able to defend ourselves in a world war when 80% of the components of all of our weaponry comes from overseas now. Think about that in, in the way of, of protecting ourselves in a future war. We've decimated our steel industry and shipped it to Japan, uh, China, where China today is the largest steel producer. Think about that in relationship to defending ourselves when almost everything that we use in the way of weaponry contains steel. Uh, and some of it a little bit, some of an awful lot, uh, like uh, tanks and trucks and uh, ships, et cetera, et cetera. These sorts of things have been eroded through the policies of our federal government and the misuse of uh, not only the definitions of words, but the very thinking through these somatic weapons like free trade and middle class and uh, treaties and, and truces that these people never, ever uphold. They're liars. We can't do business with them. And that's the way we need to deal with them as we move forward. 
when we're talking about socialist and communist countries, let them collapse on their own. We don't need to have a policy of so-called trade that feeds their economy. It's that simple. Until next week, we'll see you then. Okay, and the last one I want to do quickly, if I can get this all in, is the Samsung warning to users uh, that don't be uh, don't be doing real friendly things with your mate in front of the TV. It uh, will be recorded for you, for your posterity. Won't that be fun? <laughs> Simultaneously, any sound that Winston made above the level of a very low whisper would be picked up by it. Moreover, so long as he remained within the field of vision which the metal plaque commanded, he could be seen as well as heard. There was, of course, no way of knowing whether you were being watched at any given moment. How often or on what system the thought police plugged in on any individual while was guesswork. It was even conceivable that they watched everybody all the time. But at any rate, they could plug in your wire whenever they wanted to. You had to live, did live, from habit that became instinct in the assumption that every sound made was overheard and except in the darkness, every movement Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for being with us today. I am Link Austin, and this is the Link Austin Show. If you are joining us through the Link Austin YouTube channel or through the Next News Network YouTube channel, thank you very much for being with us. I hope you will consider subscribing in both locations so that we can be sure to keep you updated on important articles like the one we're going to be talking about today, which comes to us from TechCrunch.com. This was posted by Natasha Lomas. It says, today in creepy privacy policy, Samsung's eavesdropping TV. And this talks about how one of Samsung's privacy policies in one of their newer smart TVs warns users that their personal conversations are being recorded and being sent to third parties. Now, I want to give credit where credit is due. And I want to mention that actually Paul Joseph Watson at Infowars.com reported on this story way back in November of 2014 and warned people about this very dangerous privacy policy that, was this, that he discovered uh, as part of Samsung's new smart TVs. So we want to thank him for making us aware of this. And I thought that we would go ahead and talk about it again because we've got this article on drudgereport.com linking to techcrunch.com talking about this article because it is so important that people are aware of the level of this digital slave state that is being implemented all across the globe. So I want to read from you the part of the privacy policy that has drawn such a fuss with people that actually believe in privacy and believe that we should maintain some of it. The 
policy states that you can control your smart TV and use many of its features with voice commands. If you enable voice recognition, you can interact with your smart TV using your voice. To provide you the voice recognition feature, some voice commands may be transmitted along with information about your device, including device identifiers, to a third-party service that converts speech to text or to the extent necessary to provide the voice recognition features to you. In addition, Samsung may collect and your device may capture voice commands and associated text so that we can provide you with voice recognition features and evaluate and improve features. Now, here is the kicker. Please be aware that if your spoken words include personal or sensitive, other sensitive information, that information will be among the data captured and transmitted to a third party through your use of voice recognition. You know, ladies and gentlemen, this privacy policy and this specific verbiage makes me think back to Mike Judge's movie Idiocracy that was, I believe, in, came out in 2006. Uh, this movie was, you know, it's, it's really a dumb movie, but it is scary how much of society has become just like the movie and is headed in that direction. If you haven't seen it, Google it on, you know, search it on YouTube and at least watch the trailer and you will see what I'm talking about. But the idea that people become so lazy that they just give up everything, they give up any sort of knowledge or control of their lives in the name of convenience and just laziness. I mean, it just basically talks about or, or shows how society just becomes a land full of sloths walking around, just giving into every uh, temptation and, you know, indulgence, just all about me, all about convenience, all about laziness. Well, that's what I'm reading in this, this privacy policy. And here, here's where we're at, ladies and gentlemen. If people are so lazy that they're going to just skip past these disclosures now and oh. sign on to giving up all of your personal privacy so that you can talk to your TV. You don't even have to lift a finger to pick up a remote control to change the channel. You are going to be so lazy that you will seed all of your personal information, all everything that you're saying to your wife or to your children. You're going to give that up to who knows what entity or organization just so you don't have to use the remote control because that would just be too much work for you. Now I'm skipping past some. I'm, I'm getting off on a tangent here, but you get the idea. I mean, here, here's the real problem is that we live in a fast-paced society where technology is evolving around us minute by minute so fast that we can't keep up. And who has the time to read through the you know, 50-page privacy documents or the operating terms that show up on your TV screen when you get a new product, when you get a new PlayStation or the the uh, Xbox or the Microsoft Connect that is listening to you and watching you with infrared throughout the house. Who has the time or really wants to read through those documents as they come up on the screen? I mean, you know what I'm talking about. You scroll through it to get to the end where you accept. I'm guilty of accepting these things and not reading it. Who wants to read all of that legal, you know, uh, garbage? But we need to be reading it. And we have to be thankful for people like, Paul Joseph Watson and TechCrunch.com for drawing us our attention to important things in these privacy policies like this one in Samsung's. Because if we don't start paying attention to this, 
we are headed down a very dark path. You know, Eric Schmidt at, at uh, Davos talked about how in the future there's not going to be the so-called Internet any longer because every device that you have, your phone, your smartphone, your camera, your, your, your computers, your dishwasher, your refrigerator, your car, everything is going to be connected and is connecting to the grid. And everything is listening to you. It's monitoring your moods, your behaviors. We have these light switches now that, you know, everything is getting to a place where it is connected to the grid. And it will just be the Internet. There's going to be so many sensors and networks in place that you will not be able to, able to escape it. And to escape living a normal life where you are disconnected from the grid is going to become almost impossible. Without, be, without going down a very difficult road. So here is what I'm saying, is that if we're going to, and, and, and I've said in previous reports, the Internet has been a major blessing to us because we've been able to share ideas and expose corruption and talk about important matters and connect with people on the other side of the planet. That- and it will probably also be our demise. Da-da-da-da. Comes the Internet, and you're tracked. You don't even need to show your papers. All they have to do is get close enough to you, and they can read, listen to what's on your cell phone. You don't have to have your papers. All you have to do is be close enough for the card reader to read your driver's license. Oh, by the way, they sell these nifty little things to keep your passport in because your passport is a little transmitter. Hmm... Coming to a coming to a fascist state near you. Oh well. Anyway, we'll we'll see how this all works out, won't we? Stop in the Natural Living Center, great big health food store in Bangor. Hot coffee, fresh muffins, supplements that you cannot believe. Unbelievable uh, variety, all the stuff you ever wanted, from soup to nuts, supplements, granolas, flowers, packaged goods, frozen foods, and a beautiful, fresh produce section. Natural Living Center, Great Big Health Food Store in Bangor, 209 Longview Drive. Give them a call, 207-990-2646. 990-2646, Natural Living Center in Bangor. And John Cave in Countywide Vacuum. John sells a perfect vacuum and services the rest. Give John a call. He'll send a bag of bags any place in the country. 207-492-1492. 207-492-1492. John Cave in Countywide Vacuum. And if you're up in the county, hitting the Zumble Bale Trails, the place to stop is, well, that's Variety. Open 24-7, 365. Stuff for your sled, stuff for your car hot coffee, donuts, artery cloggers, and chested fried chicken, 24-7, 365. The lights never go out at Willette's Variety. Have a great day, folks, and we'll see you on the radio. WXME AM 780, Monticello, Holton, Presque Isle.